Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 4th. In today's news, a federal judge blocks President Trump's latest effort to deport immigrants who are in the country legally. Democrats plan to get Trump's tax returns if they win control of the House. And Russia's ongoing influence campaign is using troll farms to push pro-Kavanaugh messages on social media. But first, the big idea. Around 3 a.m. today, the White House announced that it had turned over the FBI's completed report on Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh to the Senate. In anticipation of the report's arrival, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Republican from Kentucky, teed up a key vote on Wednesday night to advance Kavanaugh's nomination. That vote will take place Friday. It's called cloture. That will set up a final vote on Saturday afternoon. Until that vote, senators will be rushing in and out of a secure facility at the Capitol to review the sensitive FBI report that the Bureau has compiled. They have to look in groups. Republicans and Democrats will take turns having access to the document, one hour at a time. The report comes as Senate Democrats opened a new front in their objections to the investigation of Kavanaugh's conduct. They suggested last night that past FBI background checks of Kavanaugh include evidence of inappropriate behavior without disclosing specifics. Republicans say that's not true. But even before the report was formally sent to the Senate, lawyers for Christine Blasey Ford, the first woman to accuse Kavanaugh of sexual assault, criticized what they call an incomplete FBI probe. Agents never talked to her or Kavanaugh, for example. The FBI probe indeed does appear to have been highly curtailed, according to several of my colleagues who are plugged into the law enforcement community. Matt Zapatosky, Bob O'Hara, Tom Hamburger, and Devlin Barrett have been able to confirm interviews with only six witnesses, five of whom have a connection to Ford or her allegations. The investigation was always unlikely to answer definitively whether Kavanaugh was guilty of sexual misconduct in the 1980s. He emphatically denies it. But even before the probe ended, several people who claimed to have information that could be useful said they ended up mired in bureaucracy when they tried to get in touch with the FBI. Some of those involved in the case complained that the Bureau didn't follow leads that were offered to it. The FBI, for example, interviewed Deborah Ramirez, who accuses Kavanaugh of exposing himself to her at a gathering when both were freshmen at Yale. Ramirez's team provided agents with more than 20 people who might have information relevant to her claims. But as of late Wednesday night, her team had no indication that the Bureau had interviewed any of them. We'll get a lot of clarity in the next 24 hours about whether Kavanaugh is going to have the votes that he needs to get through the Senate. Earlier on Wednesday, the three Republican senators who were on the fence criticized Trump for mocking Ford and her account of what happened. In separate interviews, Jeff Flake from Arizona, Susan Collins from Maine, and Lisa Murkowski from Alaska called the president's comments at a political rally in Mississippi the night before appalling, but each suggested that it wouldn't necessarily influence their vote. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, a federal judge has temporarily blocked the Trump administration's plan to terminate the legal status of more than 300,000 immigrants. In a decision late Wednesday in San Francisco, U.S. District Judge Edward Chen found that the administration lacked any explanation or justification to end the temporary protected status designations known as TPS for immigrants from Haiti, Sudan, Nicaragua, and El Salvador. At the same time, he said there were, quote, serious questions as to whether a discriminatory purpose was a motivating factor in Trump's decision making. 
He cited statements by the president denigrating Mexicans, Muslims, Haitians, and Africans. That, he said, would violate the Constitution's guarantee of equal protection under the law. Number two, top Democrats say they will seek a firsthand look at Trump's tax returns if they regain control of the House or Senate in the midterms. Their renewed calls for the documents, which Trump has refused to turn over, came a day after the New York Times reported that Trump helped his parents dodge estate and gift taxes in the 1990s, including, quote, as the Times put it, instances of outright fraud. If the Times report is accurate, and there's really nothing to suggest that it's not, Trump and his siblings may owe New York State more than $400 million in unpaid taxes, interest, and penalties. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, also a Democrat, said the city will attempt to recover any unpaid taxes that Trump may owe them. Trump's attorney, Charles Harder, threatened to sue the New York Times over the investigation, calling the allegations, quote, 100% false and highly defamatory. But he gave no specifics, and the Times has not made any corrections to the story. At the end of the day, Trump's unlikely to sue. He faces a very high bar in winning any defamation lawsuit, and he knows it. Truth is a defense in such cases. And legal experts note that if Trump did sue, he would be required to provide some of the financial documents that he has long resisted making public. Number three, the Kremlin influence campaign is ongoing around the world. Here in the United States, Russian-linked trolls and bots have been flooding Twitter in recent days with disinformation surrounding the Kavanaugh accusers. A project run by the nonpartisan German Marshall Fund think tank tracks tweets connected to Russian-linked influence networks. The organization lists Kavanaugh, Trump, the FBI, and Ford as the four topics mentioned most often by Russian-linked accounts this week. Russia has also been hard at work in Eastern Europe, which it sees as part of its sphere of influence. For example, this summer, Russia gifted a half-dozen MiG-29 fighter jets to Serbia. Another example, Russia built an emergency relief center that elicits gratitude from Serbians every time the nation faces flood or fires. The center appeals to ordinary Serbs, and it has gained Russia a more deeply rooted hold in the country. But Western officials believe that it's actually just a spy hub that the Russians are using, a sort of Trojan horse inside the country that has access to its infrastructure. Meanwhile, in Moscow, Vladimir Putin overnight denied involvement once again in the poisoning of Sergei Skripal and his daughter in Great Britain. But then the former KGB officer ranted at some length that the former spy is a, quote, scumbag and traitor. During comments at an energy forum, Putin added, quote, traitors will kick the bucket. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 4th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.